What is going on, everybody? I am Greg Hellback, and my co-host, Michael Pinter, and I are bringing you another episode of the New York Real Estate Investing Show. This show is all about how to be successful in New York State, one of the best places and one of the most difficult places to do business in. And each and every week, Michael and I are going to bring awesome content to everybody who wants to learn how to do this business successfully in New York. Between the both of us, we have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals. We've made millions of dollars and we've also made a ton of mistakes. So if you want to try your best to avoid those mistakes, definitely take a listen to this podcast. Every single week, we are going to provide actionable tactical steps on how you can be successful investing in the Empire State of New York. Stay tuned and welcome to the show. All right, this show is going to be all about option contracts. How do you use option contracts in New York to make money on deals that uh, you don't know if they're deals? And ironically, I just got an option contract signed this morning on a property in good old Monroe as I'm making this. So, uh, Michael, I taught this strategy to you, and you have used it to your uh, to your benefit. So, uh, I'll have you kick it off. What is an option contract, and why do you need to use these in New York? Because other states, they're kind of stupid. Right. So. You being the teacher should really discuss to explain, but I will. I will. I will. You, you, you. I like when you communicate instead of me. Okay. You're a little more calmer than I am. So, it's difficult to get into into a regular, real binding contract in New York. What you do sometimes to sort of make a seller believe that they're bound to you is you send them what is a one page option contract, which basically says, "Hey, Mr. Seller, I want the option to buy this property." For the next three weeks, typically, I'm. Ne- Do you ever give any money on it? I've never given any money on it. Too. I put it in the contract, right? And you basically say, and 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 to a lot of sellers, this makes sense. You say, listen, I need to do some research, right? I need to bring in contractors. I need to figure out if this is going to make sense. I need to wholesale it. I may need to bring potential buyers. All I'm asking is, give me three weeks. We're going to sign something simple. You want to show it to your attorney? You can. You don't have to show it to your attorney if you don't want to. And what it says is that if I can make any money on this at this price, I will, I'll, we'll, we'll go to a formal contract after, or we'll go to closing, whatever you want. And uh, if not, then I'm going to walk away because it, uh, you know that I'm not going to buy this property if I can't make money. And I've used it a couple times. The, the obviously the major downside to it is that if somebody just says "hasta la vista," I'm not selling it to you, then um, they can walk away. You really don't have any legal teeth to this. Um, but the advantage is a lot of sellers will think, well, I'm, I'm bound to this guy. So uh, my, my most recent one did not work out. They ended up listing it. And uh, the listing agent found somebody who was paying more than me, obviously. Um, uh, but it had I've had other situations where I, I signed, they, they, they did it. I, I saw that I could make money on it. So we went to form a contract after. Yeah, no, the, the option contract, you you explained that better than I did, Michael. <laughs> so this is why, you know, you you made a lot of good points that I want to start picking apart. It's the first thing is that it's so hard to get in contract. I have a contract and I, that I'm flipping. I'm not even wholesaling this house in Rock Tavern. It's been over a month. I don't have the fucking contract, the, the correct contract. They sent me some Fagazi Fagazi thing that I was like, this is not going to work. And then it what happened? So explain what happened. You went, you got an option contract on the first, or you didn't no, no, I'm flipping it. I don't even need one. I I went there. I actually went on the appointment, ironically, and went there and got the deal. And the fucking attorney was just holding his testicles for like three weeks. And I was like, what? I was telling him, I'm like, listen, I need a contract. I need a contract. Doesn't get a contract. 
And I'm like, all right, well, we need this contract. So they send the contract like two weeks ago. And by the way, this thing got accepted in November. Get the contract. It's got all this bullshit in there. And I'm like, no, no, no. I need the down payment to 15 grand. I need this. I need that. You know, and then that, then I still don't have it. I'm literally about to send the money to the deposit and I don't have the fucking. Sorry, people don't understand that. The only state in the union that where you, uh, uh, let me tell you. So I have a CRM and the CRM has um, categories, right? So I'm I'm just going to look at it now. Oh, like the, the buckets or whatever. So um, I'm looking at this and it has no contact made, contact made, appointment set, offers made, under contract, right? Ideally, if I had my druthers and I could customize this, I would have seller accepted the offer as a, as a, as a bucket because in New York, in every other state, when a seller accepts your offer, you slide a contract across the table, you sign the contract and whoopee, let's go. But in New York, there is this time period, which can be several months sometimes. Yeah, it could be several months. Between yeah, I've had that happen. I've had, I've had between that happen. the time a seller says yes until you're under contract, and the goal of the option contract is to give you at least give the appearance of control, controlling the property. Hopefully, the seller will understand or not understand that it's really pretty weak, and therefore, what it means is that you have an option to find out if you want to wholesale it. I mean, you may even want to close on it, right? It's possible. But maybe you want to do some due diligence before you actually get the contract. So that's the point of an option contract. By the way, I never, I never knew these things existed until Greg Helbeck showed them to me. But they, it's, a, it's a good tool to have, especially in New York, if yeah. you want to yeah. um, speed up the process so that you can go check to see if maybe you can make money you on it. You can validate speed. the market. You can validate the market. And that's, that's, where, that's where you got it. That, that this is... So we just talked about all the benefits, why these make sense. Most sellers sign up. I'm, I'm dealing with these two savvy guys in Monroe who are well-known. And I slid that option a contract and they were smiling ear to ear thinking I was the son of Jesus, you know, and because it's just so simple. There's no bullshit. Uh, anyway, so let me tell you the downside. Let me tell you what they don't tell you about option contracts online. You're going to get exposed online gurus. All right. So here's what they don't talk about. And this has happened to me a few times. When you wholesale a house in New York and you have an option contract, the buyer, let's say you find the buyer and it's a deal and you're going to make 30 grand. Now, you don't have a contract with the seller. You have an option contract. And you do not want to, even though you can write in the document that you're going to sign the option contract, that guy would wipe his butt with that thing and, and tell you to go fly a kite. So you're, you're in a really tough situation because I actually had this happen and we, we worked it out. But we had an option signed. We found a buyer, Hershey, our mutual friend. And he's cool. He knows what's going on. So he didn't give me any flock. But if this was a guy I didn't know, they probably would have been suspicious. I actually had this happen and it bit me in the ass. I had no contract with the seller. So I had to go immediately rush, get a contract, make sure it wasn't crazy, sign it, send the deposit, get the attorney to scan it, email it back to my attorney. And that takes a week if you're lucky. And then you got to go send this end buyer assignment agreement and a lot of times you're the the attorney that you have is not going to go send out an assignment agreement if they don't have an original A to B contract because you're, you know, Correct. it doesn't make sense. Because the, the buyer, like every time I buy a deal from a wholesaler, I want to see, I just bought one last week. I want to see that A to B contract to see what I'm stepping into. Because if I'm stepping into something sure. crazy, you know, I need to know about that. Um, right. But you, you, know what, you, know, you know what excuses I've used in that situation? I've been caught in that situation many times. <laughs> excuses. So I say, 
oh, you know what? I have a signed contract, but there was a rider and the and the seller never signed the rider. I thought it was signed. So I'm waiting for them to sign it or oh, something like that. Totally rip that from you. I'm going to totally steal that. It works. There's a rider and they haven't signed it. And the guy, I can't reach the guy. I think he's out of the country. You got to buy time, right? You got to buy time. <laughs> it's a rider. <laughs> my attorney, my attorney is, uh, my attorney's away for three weeks. Oh, that was the, uh, the, the, the Penn Island rider, right? The P-E-N-I-S-L-A-N-D. <laughs> no, that's a good one. So, so here's, yeah, so that's a good can of worms to open. So this has happened to me a few times. I'll, I'll give you a quick story. This was a bad one. I, I should not have did what I did. So people are going to judge me here. I've already been judged. It's okay. It's a free country. I had a fucking house. What was that address? 218 Down Street in Kingston. The seller's name was like Michael something. The buyer... Fucking free. I would have totally said their name on here. I forget who they were. They're, they're such a fucking prick. Ah, if I remember their name, I'm going to call them out because they're assholes. But uh, anyway, I had this option contract on the house and it was not a good deal. And I knew it wasn't a good deal. And the seller was just adamant on his price. And I'm like, listen, dude, if you want to get that price, give me like 10 days and let me see what's going on. Ironically, this jerk off, I wish I freaking knew their name, calls me out of the blue about getting on my buyer's list. And I was like, yeah, sure. What's your name? You know, and where do you prefer to buy? And he's like, Kingston. I'm like, oh, I actually got a property in Kingston right now. Uh, and I'm like, you should go see it because I don't want to like do the sight unseen thing with you because you're going to probably beat me up afterwards. He's like, no, I don't need to say it. Ah, it's all good. I don't need to say it. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yes, I don't need to see it. I'm like, okay, fine. So I had an option. I didn't have a regular contract. So his attorney kept like basically persisting to get this contract we didn't have with the seller. And the buyer kept jerking me around and the whole thing blew up. The buyer basically was bullshitting me the whole time. That's why I'm calling him a jerk off. Um, but if I had a contract with the seller, the main point I'm trying to say is I would have been able to send that guy an assignment agreement within the day. And he would have given me a yes or no within two or three days. But the fact that I didn't have a contract, I really had nothing to send this guy. And I was kind of like, oh my, yeah, this, my attorney's on vacation. He's in the Galapagos Islands. Like, you know, it's complete bullshit. So I've had that bite me, but if you work with buyer, I mean, a lot of our buyers, we know pretty well, like I'll just kind of tell them like, Hey, like I got, I got this little goofy option contract on this thing. We've done business before. Can you give me like a week to get a PSA and we'll assign it to you. And that, that, that's what I do. I mean, what do you do in this scenario besides come up with your clever excuse? Again, if I know the guy, they'll yeah, yeah. always wait. Right. Yeah. The, guy, the guys that have dealt with us before they'll wait. I'll say, listen, hey, no. Yeah. I need a little time. I'm working one thing out, right? Yeah. Sometimes they know you're not even in contract. And they don't care if you if you they don't care. You stole the deal to them before. They're fine buying the deal. Yeah, it's the new guys that go. Well, where's the contract? Where's the contract? Where's the contract? Oh, so no, no, no. Yeah. You need to. Uh, you need to. You know, bullshit those guys. That's the way it is. You have I mean, to bullshit them. Here's where option contracts can be a good negotiation power, right? There's a lot of people want to be better negotiators. So there's always that that clever line in this business. It's like my price, your terms, your terms, my price, whatever you want to say. So a lot of times the, the I find these options most effective. Well, obviously when there's like septic issues and there's permit issues and there's like, you know, maybe it's a development deal. Like there's obviously a lot of ways you could use these, but I've always found, and especially with Brett, I've like trained Brett on how to do this. If the seller is what we call him a tweener, they're kind of a deal, but we don't know if they're a hundred percent a deal. We just propose this. We say, listen, Sally, or hey, Michael, listen, I know you have this house. You've owned it for so long. You've been paying the taxes forever until this year. Uh, you know, uh, and, you know, I know you want your 250 for the property, 
And I can't say right now I can 100% do that because there's a few things we'd have to really uncover to see if that number makes sense. Now, if we were able to get your 250, would you be open to giving us a 10-day period to basically do some research in order to make sure we can do that? Because the ultimate downside, Michael, is that you know if it doesn't work out, you'll know in advance. Uh, I don't want to agree to 250 and have you think you're selling your property to me and then me ultimately not be able to buy this thing and waste your time. So I would want you to know in advance if we got this agreement completed, it would give me 10 days to buy the property. During those 10 days, I'd have the ability to do some research, homework, take some contractors there, maybe take some buyers there, see if I can make a profit. The absolute worst thing that can happen is that, you know, after 10 days, I'll say, hey, this is not going to work at this number. And then, you know, no harm, no foul. Is that something you'd be open to or probably not? I mean, it's I, a, you know what? It's a, it's an, it's such an easy, it's such an it's easy, such an easy pitch because they yeah. want their fucking price. So you're not really, exactly. you're like order taker at that point. You're giving them a way to get their number and you're not, you're not saying I'm not locking this up for four months. Oh, like no, no, jerk no. off buyer who's going to flip on you. I need 10 days. I need two, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is. Most guys are going to say, okay, why not? It's, it is a very easy sell and because they feel like they're almost obligated to do it with you. Cause like, you're asking like they're getting their price in theory, even though it's still at a discount. And then they're agreeing to your terms, which the thing with an option is it's reasonable. Like if someone came up to me and was like, Hey, Greg, I might want to buy one of your rentals. Can I have the option to buy it for some crazy price? I'd be like, yeah, sure. I don't give a fuck. Like whatever. Worst case scenario. Like, you know, so it's, it's, it's not a really difficult. The no lose situation for the, for the seller. It could be a lose situation for you. Like I had where the buyer basically screwed me over, but, um, because you you're not really – If you do it the right way, you could actually enforce this. So we can get into that if you want. I, all right. You want to talk about that? Because I don't see that. Listen, I'm not an attorney, but I know, what the fucking, I know the fucking law pretty well in New York. So if you actually send a deposit and, like, record it and have an attorney involved, like, you have to have an attorney involved. That's If you don't have an attorney involved, forget about it. But if you have yeah, an the, attorney involved – The problem is the problem is that you, if you do an option contract, it doesn't say have a deposit amount on it. Then how do you even know that you're, what you're sending is the really the deposit for that contract? You would add. So what you would do is you'd add some line items for the seller's attorney and the buyer's attorney, and then you would just normally like a PSA, you would do the same thing, and then you would send that fucking buyer's attorney, the, the seller's attorney, a deposit, like an option. You would see it's not an earnest money deposit; it's an option deposit. So it's like it's like in the stock market; it's like you have the option to buy the stock at that price for the premium. Right, but, this, but if you got a ten day option contract and yeah. the seller starts flaking on you. How are you going to make that enforceable, right? Well, five, yeah. five days, you realize you realize there's money in it. You yeah. want to go to contract. The seller decides not selling, or the seller decides I can make more money. How do you make How do you make the contract enforceable? You'd probably have to record it, and then you'd have to you'd have to record it, and then you'd have to have like some sort of paper trail on like the seller, like verbally, like during the period, like you'd have to. You'd have to really go but after it. If I take a contract to a, to a county clerk in New York and say, please record this, they're going to say, um, well, these are what I can record. I can record a deed. I can record a mortgage. I can record an assignment of mortgage. I can record a list pendants. I'm sorry. There's nothing here for a contract, sir. Please drop that. <laughs> so, okay. Maybe out of state, this one would be better because I'm thinking out of state, you can yes. do this in seconds. Out of state, maybe. But in New York, it's not so easy. Well, the so recordings that, in my county take three months. I forgot about that. Right. So what? So what is It's crazy. So I don't know if you can really enforce it in New York at all. But in other well, the states, thing is, though, your deposit though, your option, like let's say you put like a thousand dollar deposit, and the seller 
and the seller's attorney has it. And then they say no, and they don't. The, sell, the, the whole point of doing this option contract is we're not getting attorneys involved. So where, yeah. how are we getting the seller's attorney involved? If there's no attorney involved, you're fucked. If there's an attorney involved, you have a slightly listen, decent But chance. listen, there's never, if I'm doing an option contract, one of the main reasons I'm doing the option contract is no to attorney. avoid an attorney. Yeah. Interesting. So that's the one downside, right? If the seller gets wind and says, you know what, I must be selling this too cheap because this guy's got 400 people. buyers in there. 400 <laughs> people coming to the house in an hour. Um, <laughs> that might be selling That's what happens to me on the last one. It's gone. But sometimes they care and sometimes they don't care. But, you know, oh. I didn't, what, I really what did I really lose? Did I, I didn't have a deal before I did the option contract. I don't even know if it was a deal. So that's a great way to reframe it. That actually happens to me all the time with when we like actual deals go yeah. down the shitter. I'm like, eh, you know what? What if they never called? Right. So I, yeah, deals die all the time, right? Deals die. And, and, and you can look at it as this is, you know, listen, when you're first starting and you lose that first deal, it, it's like someone punched you in the nuts. Um, but when you have enough of a pipeline, you have to be, that's what everybody's goal should be when they build, when they build a business is that they have enough deals in their pipeline that if one dies, they don't get upset. Right. Enough lenders, if you're using private lenders, enough private lenders in your pipeline, you don't get upset that if one left. I remember when I, when I started this business, I had a private lender who like, I think he had $300,000 of me. And one day he's like, I need the money back. I'm getting divorced or something. And like, I was freaking out. And I said- Wait, did he have money in projects? Yeah. I would have been like, dude, you got a fucking doc sign with me. Like, I can give you the no. money back in 12 months, you know, whenever. No, no, but I, but, but like he was, he was like crying, like he was getting divorced, he needed the money. And the, these properties were selling, and I, I already had earmarked the money for new deals. So, yeah. like, he said, like, oh, when, okay. we, when we finished them, give them back to me, like, and, I, and I'm out. And like, I had, I almost had a heart attack. But, um, oh, I see what you're saying. So I, I said, like, I, ha we have to, I have to get my business to the point where I have, I have enough lenders that if one says I need my money back, I, I don't, no I don't care. That's, Yes, everybody. Everybody's goal for the business should be that, right? That you have enough deals in your pipeline that if one, if a couple die, you're still okay. Enough lenders in your pipeline, like enough enough of everything in your system that that you understand that things happen. So when I, when I had I had an option contract die, like I didn't have a deal beforehand, so she went around with me, and that was it. It was gone. Totally. Well, that's the thing too. Like it's, and then that goes back to negotiating in the in a, in a place of strength. When you have a shitload of activity going on and you have a pipeline and real revenue coming in, like you, you're like, oh, like I'll do this deal at this number, but like if it doesn't work, that's not a problem. I'm not going to roll over because I don't need it. Sellers pick up on that. Brett, he went on an appointment earlier today in Delaware, and he told the seller, he's like, listen, I I'm going to be here on a number, and I I want to respect your time and I want to respect my time too. If you're not going to consider that range. I don't think it's worth me even going out. And she's like, come out to the property. And he, he went out there, you know, but he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't need beautiful words, but it's great when somebody says that, right? It's great when you, when you push back on a seller and you say, you know what? I, I don't think we're, I, I, I teach all my lead intake people. This is the three magic sentences, right? We're investors. We have to buy properties at a discount to make a profit. It sounds like we're not a good fit. When you say that to somebody and they say, no, I want you to come out anyway. That's oh, beautiful. My gosh. So beautiful. Pull out the checkbook, man. No, it's true. Cause like you're, they almost know what to, what they're getting into. Like I, I've found that sure. when you get angry, I sent you that stupid ass call last week, just screwing around. But when you get like angry, oh yeah, it's a funny one. When you get like, well, that guy was different. That guy was like, like probably can't get emotionally invested. Well, I was, I was like fucking around the whole time. I actually wasn't genuine. That guy wouldn't even let you get a word in. That guy was a know, dick. Well, let me just tell them what happened. So, so quick, quick thing. Then we'll, we'll cut. Let me just, let me close the loop and then I'll tell them the story. Right. Cause you know, we got 10 minutes left on the show. So when you have uh, the ability to not buy the property after you have some experience, it, you can 
the sell, you can say whatever you want to the seller within reason. And it's not like it's going to screw you over. Right. So whatever they might listen, it sounds like you've owned this property forever. And it seems like you want the absolute most money. Given the fact that I'm an investor, I'd love to help you, but you know, I can't pay you market value. And it sounds like we probably wouldn't be a fit at that point. That's a statement that's going to get the truth to come out. And the truth is, yes, you're absolutely right, Greg. Thank you for being upfront and not wasting my time. That's the number one thing that sellers tell us is thank you for being honest and upfront and not wasting my time, especially in New York because people are smart. Uh, not really like people aren't smart, but it's a different kind of seller. <laughs> Everyone in Delaware, Neanderthals. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and then you have the 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 up opposite, which is better is, no, well, I, I actually had a guy today. He was, uh, Brett was at the gym. I took this fucking call and this guy was like, oh, I'm selling for reasons, like reasons, reasons. Like, what the fuck does that mean? And then like 10 minutes later, I'm like, all right, so it sounds like, you know, you're in no rush together. No, no, I got some personal stuff. I really need to get out of here. Uh, need to sell this property right away. Like if you just push back a little bit, like they, right. they open Nothing, up like a can of worms. New investors are terrified of pushing oh. back. And by the way, it's very hard for me to train Filipino people to push back oh, because the culture's not like yeah, the culture's not like that, and they, they most of them got trained in a in a in a customer service environment where they where they were told never push back, right? Always say, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry," and I tell push back. When you push back, nothing wrong can happen. If a guy needs your help, that's when they're going to be attracted to you. And if they didn't need your help and they weren't going to sell to you, you get rid of them earlier. It's much better. There's nothing can go wrong by saying, "Listen, I'm an investor. I got to buy properties at a discount to make a profit." It sounds like we're not a good fit. It's nothing. You can never lose. Never. Yeah, it's right. great. What did I say? Sales is a disqualification process, not a qualification process. Your Absolutely. qualification process should be to disqualify. It shouldn't be to qualify. That's how we, what we do. We just disqualify all day long. hundred percent. As I tell Brett, and then I'll tell everyone the story. I say, Brett, go behind the barn, pull the shotgun out and blow the trigger. Shoot that deal right in the damn head. And he always laughs. I'm like, shoot it behind the barn, right? I say, take it behind the barn right now, right behind the barn. He'll, he'll figuratively walk behind that barn. He puts his boots on, he pulls out <laughs> his gun, he puts his hat on and he just goes, bam. And he blows the deal up. I say, get rid of that fucking thing. We're not solving a problem for them. And then he'll write <laughs> shot in head. <laughs> anyway. All right. So quick story. We'll end the show after this. I sent Michael a video or it was that it wasn't a video. It was like an audio clip. We got oh, a voicemail. I I didn't call. Actually, I called the guy back afterwards, but I normally don't listen to those. You did afterwards. call the guy back? Or you called, I the, called, you called him back afterwards. Normally I wouldn't. I get this voicemail from this and we'll make a lesson here in a minute, but get this voicemail from this crazy guy. Sounded like he was drunk, probably 10 o'clock in the morning. I was at my kitchen table having a cup of coffee, trying to trying to wake up. And I'm like, I haven't heard a voicemail like this in a while. And uh, <laughs> I actually called him back. I just, I called him back and I said, this is interesting. Actually, I texted him first. I said, uh, you know, what, what's going on? Anyway, he was just talking shit. So I call him up and I, re I recorded the call. I got recorded me on speakerphone like this. If people are watching the YouTube video and then uh, like the, the computer was recording it. That's how you started going back to your roots. You used to record your calls to yes. sellers on. Yes, exactly. Going back. That's to the first the time I saw you was on Facebook like, doing that. That's right. That was a long time ago, you know. Anyway, so I'm on the phone with this guy. And the whole time, I'm just like kind of joking. I was getting a little irritated at the end because I was just like, this guy's a fucking moron. But he just kept absolutely like badgering me. Like, did you understand? Did you understand? Do you acknowledge, do you acknowledge that I do not want to be called? <laughs> it was so funny because he, he was, uh, oh my God. It was, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it right now on this podcast. I have it pulled up here. I saved don't the play it. It's not, I don't think anybody's going to learn it. Why don't you tell the story of why, why you made the call? No, no, I'm playing the first one, not the, the bad one. I'm going to play the. Oh, the yeah. Intro. I never heard that. That one I'd yes. like to hear. 
of course, Michael. I I, I kind of know what I'm doing here, man. You know, jeez, <laughs> please. Sorry for doubting. I'm you. not playing the second one. That's not worth. No, this is the good one. So let me let me play the actual call. I got this voicemail. So most podcasts you guys listen to clearly, you know, you don't get this type type of information. So I hope to God you leave us a review. All right, here's the voicemail. Hey, cool guy. You don't know my client in the first person familiar. So your introductory letter is um, really written at a childish level. You didn't even fold the correspondence correctly. Um, don't describe the business that you belong to and uh, other really fundamental uh, actions you've taken that don't really look at me as if you are serious and or your claims are all that you say your puffery your salesmanship is uh garbage because of your introductory business letters so uh greg yeah awesome brah what what do you think he said awesome brah Awesome, brah. What did brah. you What did you send? You sent a letter to, to. I sent him a letter to the tax delinquent list in Orange County. I sent him a letter. It was like the most normal letter. It was like, "My name is Greg. I want to buy your property as is." It was a professional letter. It was no bullshit. It was so. It was a normal letter, like normal, normal, normal letter. You're puffery. So I got that voicemail, and I'm just thinking, I'm like, "What is this guy on?" I, I like look reverse phone number, like trying to up. Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't leave a phone, a name or a number. I well, he I, I called the call rail number back. Like I called the caller ID back because he called in. And the I didn't record this part, but I the first thing I said to him, I said, I got I gotta be uh I said, I can't believe people like you have a real estate license. I said, Holy crap. I said, This is insane. I said, You're a hedge fund manager too. I didn't know you're that smart. It was shit talking <laughs> hard. He was fucking that guy, that guy was hitting the sauce already. Cool. Oh, yeah. Couldn't even get a of you couldn't even verbalize. Anyway, the point is, listen, when you have, if you do enough marketing, you're going to get calls like that. And I, at this point, they're funny. Uh, uh, I've got, you know what I've gotten calls from? You know what's crazy? This is, I've gotten calls from local villages in Long Island. Really? Where the, where the person that I mailed it to brought the, the, the postcard or postcard to the, village? to the village and said, can you please get this guy to stop mailing me? And they go, they said, hi. Uh, and I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, she doesn't want to be mailed anymore. I go, I'll be happy to take her off the list. I said, she goes, and she's saying it's illegal for you to mail. I go, I hate to tell you this, but there's no such thing as a do not mail list. I can mail whoever I want if I want to pay the postage. I can mail you. I can mail her. I can mail you every day for the rest of your life. And that is not considered harassment. And there's nothing illegal about it. If I don't put anything threatening in there. So I've gotten that. People have come. And I'm always shocked. I'm like, somebody cares that much. You can just call the number and say, take me off the list. You and I get calls like that all day. We're fine with that. Scam calls for. I just literally have a system. I just literally delete it. You know, it is not. It is not. uh, I don't get insulted if you don't want to sell. I don't want to pay the postage next time I mail you. You're doing us both a favor. Thank you. You think I like spending money on postage? That's going to mail. It's going to get thrown out. So you get crazy people like that. I'm, I'm curious. You think the person brought the letter to his real? Maybe the property was listed for sale. That could be. But that's what happens sometimes, right? I'll get calls from realtors who go, oh, "Why are you solic- Why are you soliciting my clients?" I go, "I didn't I know, know you for sale. for sale." I go, "I send thousands and thousands of pieces of mail." They're like, "Well, I, you know, it's completely unprofessional." I go, 
I don't know what world you live in. I said, I assume you close like one deal every couple of months. I said, but I'm sending out thousands and thousands of pieces of mail. I can't keep track of somebody list their property. I go, I wasn't soliciting your client for anything to try to go around you. And then they go, oh, and, and are you licensed? I go, yeah, I'm licensed. And they go, then you should know better. I go, how the hell am I supposed to know if something went, went, went active after I mailed it out? On That's my 10,000 person minimum list, you know, versus, yeah, people are- people People are nuts. There's no way. There's no way to avoid idiots like that. There's just no way. I'll tell you one more story, and then we'll end the show. This one was bad. I, <laughs> this one was bad. I made an honest mistake here, and I'm just gonna say it. I don't care. This was in Pennsylvania. A lot of craziness in Pennsylvania, by the way. But um, I did not use my brain, and I mailed. I went on the Google and I typed in UPS store Reading, Pennsylvania, and I saw the first address that came up because I. I didn't want to get the return mail to California or to New York because it would throw the people off or get the mail. So I'm just thinking, I'm just going to use a bullshit address. Like, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that much mail gets returned. I only had like, the list was only like maybe a couple thousand people, nothing crazy. So I go online. You I made find, up, a, you made, I made up the address. I know, so this is bad. I make up the address. <laughs> so it's actually a real UPS store that I'm not a paying customer at. You have to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I fucked that. This, is, this story is insane. I almost got sued. I was this close to getting sued. Um, so this guy, so I send a fuckload of mail out and it all goes to this fucking store. It all goes. And I'm thinking, I'm like thinking that oh, there's nothing wrong here. Because normally when you get a UPS box, you have to fill out like paperwork. Like Brett just did this in Delaware for us. Like you, you got to like fill out paperwork. It's not a joke. So you pay. they want to get paid. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But I didn't put a unit number. I just put the store address. I didn't put a unit. <laughs> so, I don't know any better. What do I know? I'm in California. I'm living in La La Land. So I get a call. Actually, no, I didn't get the call. Anna got the call. Someone on my team got the call. And they, because it, it got brought to my attention quickly. They were like, hey, did you hear this voicemail? And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, no, did, did you hear this voicemail? And I'm like, no, I have not heard the voicemail. Can you please tell me? And, uh, so I listen to this voicemail and this guy is going crazy. He's going absolutely crazy. Who is, who is it? The owner of the uh, UPS store. He's going crazy. No, no, sorry. It was the owner. So real quick, it, I found this out afterwards. It was a pharmacy and a UPS store in the same commercial building. It was two units. One was a UPS store. One was a pharmacy. So this guy owned the pharmacy. So I thought. So he's like a pissed off pharmacist throwing pen, penicillin at me over the phone. I'm like, fucking dude. Like, I'm like, so sorry. I screwed up. I should not have done that. Like I took all the wind out of his sail. I'm like, I fucked up. Shouldn't have done that. You, if you got to sue me, you got to sue me. I get it. I'm taking responsibility. I said, Mr. Pharmacist, I'm so sorry, but I wasn't sending mail to your pharmacy. I was sending mail to the UPS store. And he goes, buddy, I own the UPS store. And I go, oh, I said, now I know why you're mad. I said, okay. I got it. What'd you do? What'd you, do? You, you have to buy a mailbox or something? I mailed the guy. I told him I'll never send it. I said, you're probably going to get more mail for the next upcoming weeks because that is what it is. I can't control that. But going forward, I will never get any more mail to this place. I promise. And then I actually sent him a gift basket of like cookies and shit. And he fucking called me back and said, that was the nicest thing you've ever done. I appreciate that. You're a gentleman. So oh, it ended cool. up working out. But don't ever do that. Whatever you do, listeners, never do that. Learn from my mistake. That was dumb. I could have actually gotten sued. That's not like a joke. That's really bad what are they going to sue you for what are the real damages of throwing out 100 postcards give me a break 
Well, no, it was uh, the falsifying the address is where I would have gotten in trouble. It wasn't the postcards. It was the. No one's going to sue you. Guess what? 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 I don't even know he what, threatened what, what. He threatened me on the suit. He threatened me. He can, he can sue you. I mean, he can threaten you, but he's not going to sue you. It cost him five thousand dollars to litigate that, and you <laughs> and he win two thousand dollars. So, um, yeah, you screwed up. I By the way, I use any I use any time mailbox. You might want to think about that. What is anytime. that? It's a virtual mailbox. Well, they'll take your shit. What, what do you mean? I mean how, how, how could you have a virtual mailbox? It's a fucking physical. It's a real physical address, and for it's like a hundred dollars for a year, and they'll t- and they'll they'll do it. I use any time try any time mailbox. I'm looking and you at my. Can do this right anywhere now. in the country. Anywhere, anywhere. I have that's right. I, I do some mailing in L.A., so I have a, a, a place in L.A. Do they mail you to your? Do they scan them into you? They'll scan you the returns if you want. And you you can make up whatever address you want. No, they give, they're going to give you an address and they're going to give you a mailbox number. You have a, a mailbox number. And you could, I could put a zip code and I could put like a Goshen area zip code. I could put it whatever area they have. I don't know if they have Goshen, but I guarantee you they have a bunch in the Hudson Valley. So look at it. Go to Anytime Mailbox. Look it up. Thank you. Well, all the listeners, check that out too. Don't be an idiot like Greg and, and get people pissed off. So I hope you got value from this episode. We started talking about options. We ended with crazy, stupid shit. So hopefully this was entertaining. If it was... Leave us a review and um, we'll talk to you on the next episode. Take care.